everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We are really excited to be here to do a special episode of the podcast. Normally, we do our recaps in batches, but we had so much fun with uh, this taking a shot at love film, and I just couldn't resist the chance to talk about it with an actual a ballerina or ballet dancer uh, that I know that's in the Hallmarkies uh, family, I guess you'd say. Uh, we have Lila Fitzgerald here. Uh, we haven't talked to her since last March, so I'm so excited to get to catch up with Lila and get her thoughts about this movie. So this will be spoiler filled. We're talking about taking a shot at love, but Lila, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me back. I loved watching this movie. So I was, I'm just super excited to get a chance to talk about it on here. Yeah. So before we dive into the film, uh, how have you been, uh, like, so last time we talked was in March of last year, which was when the world fall fell apart (laughs) in March. So a lot has happened since then. Um, but how was, your 2020 uh, I were you able I mean with your dancing and everything were you able to keep up at all doing things at home or how did that all happen for you it was pretty intense year for everyone in the arts community because yeah. you know we're performers and especially with ballet we need theaters mm-hmm. um but professional dancers from around the world really just pulled through and pulled together and um they had so many classes that they just offered over Instagram Live and other platforms, Zoom, and for anyone to take most of them for free. Tyler Peck, uh, principal dancer at New York City Ballet and one of my favorite ballerinas, um, does Turn It Out with Tyler. And she did it every day at 10 a.m. Um, and just offered a ballet class for all levels. She gave advanced or beginner combos. And she did that every day except for Sundays. Uh-huh through all of quarantine. So I was able to take classes from people in the ballet community that I've looked up to for years. Mm-hmm. And CCB also, Coastal City Ballet, which is the ballet company I'm now an apprentice with. Um, they did Instagram live videos as well for us to follow along with. Oh, nice. Well, that's good. I was gonna ask you, so, is, is the actual term ballerina, is that like a, is there like a classification kind of like a, a, you know, like a black belt in karate? Is that like a thing or is it just kind of anybody who does ballet could be a ballerina? Well, it kind of goes through all the tiers of levels through so ballet. There are like so specific levels. I would say that anyone who dances ballet is a ballerina. You can call yourself a ballerina. Then you have like a prima ballerina at say the Paris Opera. But you know, everyone starts at the bottom and works their way up through the ranks. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, so prima ballerina, that's like the the highest level, right? Yes, so the ranks go apprentice usually, or sometimes you'll be called a trainee. And then you're in the corps de ballet. And then you'll be a soloist. And sometimes they have first soloists and second soloists. And then you're a principal or prima. Mm -hmm. So when you are an apprentice ballerina, are uh, you committed to that particular studio for, uh, for a particular time period? Usually you sign on for like one year at a time. Every company does it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but usually you do a year as an apprentice and either choose to go back or hope they invite you back. Yeah. And are you guys there? I know things are a little more um, pushed along in Canada than they are here. Are you back performing at all there or what's that like? We can't perform live in theaters yet because that's no gathering. That's too many people in one place. Mm. But we are going to be doing, um, Coastal City Ballet will be doing a virtual performance for the Lunar Fest in February. Okay. So, so we're just you... playing in the studio and rehearsing. Great. And if people want to purchase that, how would they do that? Do they just go to the website? I think we'll be listed on the website soon. We don't have too much information about that yet since it's a little far away, but it's coming mm -hmm. soon. Cool. Well, you have to let us know. Keep us posted. Yeah, I will be posting on all my social media about it. Yeah. So you also, not only do you do ballet and acting, but you also do sailing. I've seen on your Instagram. I do. How did you get involved in that? Well, I love pirates. And I also love writing. And I decided that I should write a book about pirates. But then I realized that I know nothing about boats. So the summer before last, I yeah. just figured, okay, there's a sailing club right down the street from me. I might as well take a lesson. And then I got invited to join the junior race team. And it's all spiraled from there until now I'm hoping to become a coach there for this summer. Oh my gosh. See, you're just incredible. I mean, you, you're writing books, you're a apprentice ball ballerina, you've been in all these movies, you've, you're, uh, you're going to be coaching sale. I mean, there <laughs> leave some stuff for other people to be good at Lila. I mean, wow, that's impressive. <laughs> I often joke that I'm not good at having hobbies because they take over my entire life. <laughs> Have you been able to do the sailing? That seems like you could be able to do that socially distanced. It's really good. Yeah, we were able to go back to double handing. So having two people in a boat for a while. Um, but now with the current restrictions, it's just one person in a boat, which I'm not very good at because uh -huh. the boat that I am sailing right now is meant for two people. Um, and I'm sailing it by myself. And I'm kind of like half of the required weight for it since you're supposed to have two people. So mm -hmm. it's very interesting on windy days to try to keep that boat flat. Uh -huh. I've managed so far. I haven't capsized on a crazy windy day, but it's been very close many times. Yeah. And that water's cold up there. I bet. So cold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you ought to watch a documentary. I saw at Sundance, not last year, but the year before 2019 called Maiden. And it's such a good documentary. It's all about the, uh, the first all woman sailing team in the race around the world. And uh, it's very, very well done, very entertaining. And, uh, and so you should, I think, I don't know where you, where you find it, but take, look at, look it up. I don't know what streaming service is on or whatever, but I think you'd love it. It's really good. Yeah, I'll look into it. That sounds really good. Yeah, it is so good. One of my favorites from Sundance that year. Uh, but let's get started talking about this taking a shot at love. Of course, this was written by Julie Sherman Wolf, who is one of our favorites. We love her. And it uh, stars Luke McFarlane, Alexa Penavega. 
And it's, it's a former professional dancer is using ballet to help a hockey player get back on the ice. So you kind of gave a, a little bit of a tell of what you thought, but over, oh, what were your overall thoughts about this film? You know, I think the biggest thing that stuck out to me is that they really got ballet right. Oh, good. In so many films, you see the ballet studio and you're expecting it and you're excited because, you know, I do ballet, so I'm excited to watch it. And I see it and they're doing all these tricks and like something that you'd never actually see ballerinas do because they're playing for film and TV. So it's a very commercial style of ballet that you would mm -hmm. usually see on screen unless you're watching a very specific ballet movie. And so I was going into it expecting I'd see that. And then I saw beautiful classical ballet and was so excited. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's good to hear because I know nothing about that. So that it was, I was going to ask you, I'll ask you some questions about that. But it's always good to know that they got the, uh, the dance right in a dancing movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it starts out, I thought there was a lot of good lines from Julie in this movie and that uh, like little things like when her friend says, your life is a perpetual coffee commercial. I thought that was a funny line. <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you'll find your flannel man sometimes. I like <laughs> that. That's good. <laughs> it, was so good. it was very comedic, with, but done well, you know, like mm -hmm. not trying too hard, very subtle, but still yeah. throwing us all of those good lines. And I noticed when I was watching it that her character's name is Jenna Wagner. And so <laughs> I tweeted out that. Uh, I'm going to pretend that Julie Sherman Wolf named the character after me uh, because that's my last name is Wagner. And uh, she responded, she's like, I did, I actually did name it after you. <laughs> so this is very exciting. My first time ever being mentioned in a Hallmark movie. So, <laughs> I mean, I saw that tweet and I was like, hey, yeah. That was pretty fun. It was pretty exciting. And Julie gave a lot of little nods in this, uh, not only character names, but also the whole t uh, film is set in Avon, uh, Connecticut, I believe. And that's where Julie is from. And uh, so that's kind of fun. So all this Winterfest stuff and everything, I think is, is all made up, but hey, you know, she uh, she's, kind of representing her town which is sort of fun yeah you know of Avon. Like take stuff from your real life and make it into a beautiful story mm -hmm. yeah and the the rangers of course are are real as are the wolf pack which is the smaller team so that was fun and they had uh i think sherm on the back of one of the the jerseys of the rangers and so julie sherman was able to to keep that jersey uh for her <laughs> um so we start out we find out that she's in kind of a rough spot as far as the uh dance studio because not only is you know it's just a, it's a tough time but also she's losing students to competitive dance and how did you feel about that did they capture is that a real thing sort of the 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 animosity or competition between traditional dance and competitive dance oh yes i yes. mean 
everyone on either side claims that they're the better one. But what I really feel like, because I'm not in the competitive world at all for dance, is that I loved how Jenna always talked about that that's not what ballet is. That is what like jazz competition is. But ballet is about performance and the competition takes away the art. So mm -hmm. I think they really captured that perfectly. That's interesting. Because I wonder, do you mean, do people stay pretty separated or do a lot of people do both and do competitive and traditional? It depends. There's lots of classical ballet competitions that are very different from competitive dance. You know, you're still doing classical ballet and it's more of a performance and they're huge. They're worldwide competitions. Okay. It's Youth America Grand Prix is the biggest one. Um, but outside of something like that, it is very separated because most classical ballet schools, they don't go to competition at all. They just, you know, unless it's something like YAGP, they're just practicing in their studio, performing the Nutcracker, doing ballets instead of competitions. So you don't get much crossover between, you know, those kinds of studios because you're not in the same world. Mm. Yeah, so there's, there's typically not... Because it seemed like growing up that the dance studios around me, they would have classes on all the different, like you have jazz class, you have tap class, you'd have all that kind of stuff. But that probably is is like just your basics. And then you kind of specialize after that. Usually, I mean, everyone says that ballet is the basis for dance. And for most technical dance styles, it definitely is. Um, because it builds that foundation. And like we saw in the movie, it gives you strength that otherwise would get missed and lead to injury. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, lots of studios have all the classes so that you can get your basis in say ballet. And some schools actually require ballet for you to take any other kind of style because they say you have to have at least a basic understanding of ballet mm. for it. So most studios do offer, you know, every style, but then other studios will be specifically known for their tap or known for their ballet or their mm -hmm. jazz. Yeah. And you as a dancer that's apprenticed, do you, do you just strictly do ballet or do they do other styles uh, in your company? Right now, I'm mainly doing just ballet and then contemporary as well. Because oh, okay. now to be a ballerina, you have to be able to do contemporary. Yeah. And contemporary is it's just, it's kind of more like loose as far as, or is there, is it specific? It seems like watching it on So You Think You Can Dance, like contemporary is kind of whatever they, they deem it to be, <laughs> but I'm sure that's not true, but. Funny, it's basically contemporary is new age dancing on a foundation of ballet. So mm -hmm. you'll see contemporary that's on point and seems very classical but it's to a techno beat and has more jazz technique thrown into it okay so it's more modern and then ballet is very classical you have the tutus you have Tchaikovsky playing in the background you have all of that yeah yeah and so I, I mean obviously ballet must be your favorite that's what you specialized in but I guess what would be your second favorite second style? favorite it's gonna have to probably be contemporary on point, which mm -hmm. technically sounds the same as ballet, 
but it's ballet without the rules, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, you can be off balance, you can be falling and it's artistic and that's the point. Mm -hmm. Now, when you are practicing, is it, it, it seems like it, it, here she has hurt her ankle. Uh, it seems like with those toe shoes and with other things that it would be pretty easy to have something like that happen. Uh, do, you, do you have to be pretty careful? Are injuries, are injuries common? Injuries are very common. I actually had one last year. Something happened in my Achilles tendon uh -huh. that I was just feeling it really bad in the back of my ankle. And I was like, okay, I need to get this checked out. I'd never been to physio for anything before. Um, just hadn't needed it. I haven't really gotten injured that much in dance. I've been lucky. So I went to physio last year and I was like, hey, I'm feeling this. The physiotherapist checked me out. Uh, and she was like, oh yeah, if you keep dancing on that, you are going to snap your Achilles tendon. And so that's kind of the scariest thing for any dancer to hear. So I was off for the entire month of December. I had to just stop all dancing so that it could heal and rest. And now I'm totally fine. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, that is a relief. Uh, so they, she has this incredible house <laughs> on a dance teacher budget. I kept thinking every time she talked about the, the studio was, her, you know, she's hurting for money. I'm thinking you're only one human being in this amazing house. <laughs> maybe like get a condo or something, but didn't you think, did you agree? Didn't, wasn't her house? Exactly. I kind of was like, okay, we're going to assume that her parents left it to her and it's entirely paid off. Right. And I saw that house and I just went, oh, that's gorgeous. Yeah. And, it was yeah. so beautiful. I'm assuming this movie was filmed in Vancouver. <laughs> you should go try to find yes. this house. It's so I, pretty. It was it was so fun. I actually recognized some of the people and places. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the guest house. And she's taking him up to the, the guest house and he's like, Oh, this is not as good or whatever. And I'm thinking, um, it looks really nice. <laughs> that made me laugh. I was like, that's my dream apartment right there. Yeah. I would probably, if I were her, I would live in the, since it's just her, she's just single, live in the guest house, rent out the main house. You would, you wouldn't have that would cover like all your expenses. <laughs> See, but if we had someone like you in the movie, then it would be over in three seconds because yeah, you solve the problem. That's true. That's true. Hey, everybody. I just want to take a second from this episode today to tell you about the Hallmarkies Podcast Awards. Yes, we're doing another Hallmarkies Podcast Awards. The second annual awards will be held later this month in January, but right now you can go vote. If you are listening to this between January 1st of 2021 to January 8th of 2021, you can go into the description, click the voting link, and vote for your favorite things from Hallmark Channel um, in 2020. So go click that link, go vote, and you have until January 8th, 2021 at midnight Pacific Standard Time to vote and there will be more information about when that will be airing and all that fun stuff in the weeks ahead. So go down in the description and vote. Back to the episode. Her, her cousin is an agent, is the agent for Luke McFarlane's character. He has this uh, ankle that, uh, I, I don't know if they ever said that it was broken or just sprained or strained, but it's still hurting. It's still giving him problems. His name is Ryan in the movie. And uh, so he's told that he, he has to figure it out, has to make it right. And so she had recovered from her broken ankle 
uh, using dance and he's, she's talking to her cousin about it and he gets the idea of why don't we have him come and try this. What did you think about this whole idea? Is that something that you think is, uh, is it could actually work? Absolutely. I think, especially like they mentioned in the show, ballet is all about the small muscles that you don't use in your everyday life. But once you have those muscles built up, then you're good to go and you're going to get less injuries because you're actually supporting well. And the idea of, you know, having the hockey player have to do ballet and he's the one who can't keep up. That was my favorite thing to see on TV to mm. date. Yeah. Yeah. So you could see do you, using ballet as therapy for as physical therapy. I think it would be a great idea to, you know, have more athletes um, outside of dance take ballet to build that foundation and mm -hmm. see it as a form of cross training. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did also love the, the line where it says, is this the part where you tell me to become somebody's ice dancing partner and try out for the Olympics? <laughs> I love that. Because, <laughs> of course, Cutting Edge. Have you ever seen The Cutting Edge? I don't have. You should. It's really good. It's super cheesy, but really good. <laughs> cheesy. Yeah, it's really good. Hockey player uh, ends up becoming a the ice uh, ice skating, uh, not ice dancing, ice skating uh, pair's partner. Uh, and uh, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Oh. There's like four sequels. They're all terrible. But the original is good. <laughs> um, so that was a fun line. And uh, so, what did you think about their chemistry, Luke McFarlane and Alexa Penavega? Oh, they were so good together. I mean, I'm going to be honest, every time that I see, you know, a Hallmark couple, I find the casting is amazing uh -huh. and they always do a great job. But this one, especially, you could just feel the chemistry between them and that clearly they loved working together because it was so believable as a couple. Yeah. I and mean, I was a little bit skeptical because I think there's a pretty big age difference of like eight, nine years uh, with Luke and uh, Alexa. And Luke had been on a bit of a mix, miss streak for me. I wasn't a huge fan of his Christmas movie and I really didn't like his valentine's movie so he'd had two misses and i was pulling for this one because he for a long time i thought that he would have chemistry with anybody and that he because i just loved i love the birthday wish and i love maggie's christmas miracle and there were so many of his movies that i really enjoyed and uh, so it was kind of an off year uh, we'll just let him we'll pretend like 2020 didn't happen and <laughs> on many levels right um so I was pulling for this and I I think that they did have good chemistry I I liked it more than I was expecting uh and I thought that they were fun together the banter was really nice and uh, I I thought I could have used even more of him dancing I think that could have been fun and they did spend a lot of time with, with other people, which I liked, but then I also could have used maybe a tad more just them time in the I, script. I really loved him. Yeah. He was yeah. fantastic. You know, I've seen uh, not all of his other movies, but I've seen mm -hmm. a few of his other movies. So I recognized his face and I was excited for him to come in. Um, so seeing him in this, I just cemented that he's one of my Hallmark faves. 
Yeah. I really, I really liked her, uh, her friend, the, the, uh, Aaron, I think was her name. She was really funny to me. And like, she's like, clearly he has veneers. Oh, <laughs> she was teeth. so hilarious. Yeah. She, she was, was good. So funny. Every time she walked in, I was like, this is going to be an amazing scene. Yeah. And I don't know, there was just a lot of funny lines when they talk about her being a foliage enthusiast. <laughs> that made me laugh. And also, I have to say that I thought they, because Alexa is pregnant when they are filming this movie and they did an excellent job of hiding any kind of baby bump. I would not have known if she didn't say, I mean, she wears a lot of puffy coats and a lot of kind of flowing sweaters, but some of them, some of uh sometimes it's so obvious it's so awkward and in yeah, this i didn't, I didn't notice tell. it at all no they I did a good job you actually just told me yeah <laughs> uh, and yeah i liked i loved it i loved aaron her friend her neighbor and i also loved uh her uh, aaron's husband uh matt uh, played by Andrew Dunbar. He's so charming, I think. Oh, he, uh, really was. he really embodied that hometown sweetheart so perfectly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they actually gave him like a, a little bit of an arc for a, for a side character because it's hard in these movies because you, you only have so much time and you have to develop the main story to have sort of side stories is hard. But here they did a pretty good job, I think, with Matt getting a little bit of a side story where he ends up becoming the coach of the hockey team. Uh, but then you also have uh, the young dancer, uh, Felix, yes. uh, who gets an arc and he's kind of being teased a little bit. Uh, and... Uh, he he does both hockey and ballet and what do you do you think that the kind of the the reputation of dance has is particularly for boys has changed at all with things like dancing with the stars and so you think you can dance you know with men uh, you know male stars in those shows has it changed at all or do you think it's still they're still sort of fighting that uh that reputation of you know, boys don't do dance kind of thing. I think the world has so far to come with accepting boys doing dance and seeing dance as an athleticism and also not frowning on boys if they do it as an art form more mm -hmm. so than as an athleticism, if they fully appreciate it for the beautiful thing that it is. There was the big movement this year of boys do ballet because someone had made a comment about making fun of a boy doing ballet on TV and so the ballet world came back and said, hey, no, we don't accept that. And really pulled through to try to show everyone that boys do ballet mm -hmm. and it's beautiful. And yeah. we still really, really need to push back against the stereotypes that are found from boys doing ballet. But I think we've made some steps, which is something that I liked that they showed in this movie. You know, every character was so flushed out and with Felix, you know, showing, he was a fantastic actor, showing the slight embarrassment that he feels of doing ballet, but also how much he loves it and that he wants to do hockey and ballet and he can do both and he can be a fantastic mm -hmm. athlete. And they really recognize the athleticism of ballet through his character. 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're proof that you can do all these different things and, and still manage to be successful at it. And, uh, and he is, you know, certainly that I don't know if the, um, the young actor played Felix, if he's, you know, trained in ballet or whatever, but I thought he was convincing. Unless they had a perfect dance double for him that looked exactly like him. His technique was fantastic from my point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I'm sure that can be frustrating if you watch these dance movies and as a trained dancer and you're like, uh, that wasn't that great, but <laughs> They did so well in this movie. Like I said, I was thinking we'd either get, you know, the huge commercial tricks for people who couldn't really dance, but they gave us uh-huh. people who could dance and were doing ballet. Yeah. So I loved it. Do you watch any of the dance shows, Dancing with the Stars, or So You Think Can Dance? I don't watch them regularly. I've seen a few episodes, and every mm-hmm. time I watch it, I realize that they can't possibly be human they're incredible so i've seen some of it but i don't watch it too regularly except for the bad stars on dance with the stars see <laughs> see that that's i used to watch it it became too much of a time commitment and i just didn't have time for it anymore so i stopped but um i used to watch dancing with the stars a lot because so you think you dance is great if you want to watch like actual professional dancers right okay. um and and but then so you think you, i mean dancing with the stars is great to watch if you're a terrible dancer, which I am, and you want to watch somebody learn how to dance. Oh, that's so fun. Mm-hmm. And the dance routines they have are incredible and Dancing with the Stars as well uh, with, um, I don't know, things like Mark Ballas and people like Mark Ballas and, and Derek Huff and their routines are so incredible. Oh, the uh, choreography that, for that show is just mm-hmm. phenomenal. So good. Uh, but uh but yeah, what did you think about her first lesson that she gives? Did you feel like that was a pretty realistic kind of first lesson? Absolutely. I mean, it's good. They definitely did their research because you see, we the first time we see him really doing a dance move is he's doing a plie. And every mm-hmm. time you walk into the studio, you come into the studio, you go to the bar and you do plies to start your class. That is the basis of everything is your plie. So I was happy that they didn't start off with having him do the pirouette that we see him do. Yeah. Um, they started with the basics and they showed him grow. Yeah. I was going to ask you about the, the pirouette. Is, is that something that's like your first, your first, you would learn uh, pretty early on? It's probably one of the first, it's the basic turn for everything. So when you start turning, you're probably going to start with the pirouette. Of course, first you start with balancing on releve. So you're up on your toes and just balancing and holding that passe position, which is the position that a pirouette Uh is. And then you start doing, say, a quarter turn. So you go up and you just turn a little bit. Then you do a half turn and you work your way up to the full turn. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, so she is also, she is a pretty good cook. And you see her, she makes uh, the fancy coffee and quiche, which I don't think quiche is all that fancy, but nevertheless, it's like, you know, it's like ooh, you're fancy cooking. <laughs> I, to me, fancy cooking is, you know, putting a can of soup on the stove. I've got to say, I'm not, not too great at that. I can make a tofu scramble and oh. that is the coolest thing I can make. So she pulled out the quiche and when she said, when he was all fancy, I was like, yeah, he's right. That's so fancy. <laughs> yeah. He made the pastry. It's intense. 
Well, we find out her philosophy of Hoga, I think is how she pronounced it. Uh, Woga or Hoga or something like that. Anyway, it's the Danish word and it's a way of life. Cultivate feelings of happiness and warmth, which I think this should just be the motto for a Hallmark Channel. Exactly. The Hallmark Channel could probably get a new logo with that, you know, new title frame, Hallmark, and then just Hoga. Yeah. What do you think about the idea of backup plans? Is backup plans people expecting to fail or is backup plans, even if you do everything right, sometimes things change you can't control? See, another thing I love about this movie, because the writing is so great, they gave us gorgeous comedy moments and then this philosophical question. Mm -hmm. So I would say my take on it is it's good to be prepared but don't bet on yourself failing. You know, be ready for if something goes amiss, you don't wanna be just standing there realizing, oh, I'm in a really bad situation right now. But you also need to have confidence in yourself because if you don't believe you can do it and if you don't commit 100%, then, you know, you're not going to be putting as much work in as you would be if you didn't have that backup plan, it's your only option. But again, it can't be, I liked how she talked about it. It was her whole life was ballet. It was her entire identity. And you need to find things that remind you that life is bigger than you. And it's about so much more than just nailing that pirouette. It's about, you know, going out in a sailboat. And for me, I, uh, was sailing back in November and my coach pulled me and my sailing partner into his coach boat and took us out to just see a whale. And that was a moment that I really realized the world is so big. It's about so much more. It's about seeing a whale. It's not about whether I fell out of a pirouette, you know? Mm -hmm. And she really, really brought that home in this movie. Yeah, the way that I heard it explained once that it really connected with me is basically deal with the idea of failure up front and then move on is assuming that you're going to succeed so i've i've accepted i've dealt with the fact this might not work out i processed it emotionally and then moving forward i'm assuming i'm going to succeed and i think that that is a is a pretty good way to kind of look at uh, look at uh, things that uh, may may be out of our control. I mean, certainly 2020, if it taught us anything, is there's a lot of things that are, can be out of our control, right? That will interrupt our goals. <laughs> and so I think if you have a plan, just accepting that, okay, upfront, you know, it might not work out, but, uh, and so I, I'm going to deal with it. And then I'm just going to presume going forward, it'll work out. Exactly. You know, be ready for anything, but also be extra ready for everything going right. Yeah. And I like how you say too, that is, is work on having a full and, you know, as balanced a life as you possibly can. I mean, I'm a terrible example of this because my whole life is this podcast. I mean, especially in 2020, I mean, uh, the things that kind of gave me a more rich experience were sort of taken away. But uh, you know, you, now I've, I feel like I'm starting to kind of get back there to, uh, to doing some of those other things that I enjoy. And, uh, and even if it's something like cooking or, you know, whatever. I mean, the, the truth is, is, is no matter what, our, what we do, 
in our life, that's not what gives us worth or worthwhile. It's just humans you know, that we have value. And, and that was a big, if people saw the, the movie Soul from Pixar, uh, they, that was the kind of the big message of the movie is that he had gotten kind of lost in the, in the pursuit of his dream of making it in jazz music that had kind of lost who he is just without that at all that he is just a worthy person. And that's what he kind of had to realize. And I think that's just very important that we have to remember that we just have, we have inherent value as humans and, uh, you know, children of God. And that's, uh, that's, that's very, very important. And that you have to hold on to the passion of it because Mm -hmm. that's what makes it important what makes it worthwhile. And it's so easy to lose in a world that, bets us all on success. You know, if you're not successful at it, what's the point? It's about having passion. It's about loving your life. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Very, very true. And, uh, the, uh, you also have the difference between the two of them where he thrives on competition. He wants anything to be a competition and she really hates it. And she says to him, are you incapable of doing anything that doesn't involve a scoreboard? And he says, I prefer not to. (laughs) And found that part funny because so much of my life is centered around competition. And my mom tried so hard in raising me and my sister to have us in a completely non-competitive environment (laughs) All our board games were cooperative. We didn't have anything like Monopoly. We had wild play, which is no one wins the game. Game only ends once everyone finishes. Everything like that so that we wouldn't feel any competition. And now every single thing I do is competitive. And I definitely am someone who thrives off of competition, which is where I work on bringing the balance back into my life. So it's not all about winning and the trophy. Yeah, well, she says that when they're about to play at air hockey. So that was a fun scene, I thought. <laughs> I loved that part. Yeah, was good. I was, was laughing at that. I was like, oh, they're calling me out here. Yeah, her ballet company had an air hockey table. So that's why she was. <laughs> yep. You find some weird stuff in the back rooms of ballet companies. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So he says, I'm a viral video waiting to happen. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> he did like really funny with him doing the, the ballet with those little girls. It was pretty cute. Oh, it was hilarious. It yeah. was so funny. The little kids walked in and I was like, I know exactly where this is going and I love it. Mm-hmm. So he does drills with the team and she's upset with him about that. And she says, you have to trust the process. And I, I'm sure that's something that you could relate to that Absolutely. you want to do it your way, but you have to trust the people that are your teachers and your coaches. I mean, when I hurt my ankle, I definitely did not want to stop for an entire month. I was like, that's not possible for me. I can't just not dance. But then I didn't, you know, want to risk missing my January performance so I had to just do what the physiotherapist said as much as I hated it and I was able to perform because of it Mm -hmm. 
So we find out that she was on the national team, I guess. And uh, she uh, injured, she got injured. And she was also in a relationship with the head of the tour or team or whatever. Um, and she ends up getting replaced by the understudy. And that basically was it. That was the end of her kind of career. Uh, and do you, do you feel that? Is, is that something that's, you could get replaced pretty easily? Absolutely. Scary? Ballet companies are so competitive, even though, as I said, they don't do competitions. The entire company itself is a competition within the company, which is why you have to be careful when you're auditioning for companies to make sure that you don't end up at a super cutthroat one. Because if you end up in the wrong company, you're going to be, you know, replaced by the understudy as soon as you're off for a week, which is why I'm so grateful I found Coastal City Ballet because it's a family, not a comp competition. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's really good. Uh, I, I loved some of the just I, I loved some of the group time between even though I would have liked maybe them a little bit more together but I loved some of the group time between the four the two couples and I especially loved the rainy and uh, the power outage poker that was so fun I loved that and I loved the roasting marshmallows as well you could, they felt like a group of friends hanging out, you know, it didn't feel like yeah. they placed them on their marks and told them to say their lines. I felt like I was just watching a little like camera had been hidden in the bushes and I was watching them just hang out together. Yeah, it was just so fun. And maybe it's because I miss game nights so much because we haven't been able to do them very much. Although I did get to do a puzzle with my friend Jen uh, over New Year's and that was really fun. But I don't know, I love game nights and I miss those a lot. I can't wait to do them again and storm snacks that is my new favorite concept i mean because we totally have them and when we used to have snow days growing up I, my mom would make brownies and that was kind of the this <laughs> the, snow, the snow thing was to make brownies but yeah storm snacks and rainy uh, power outage poker oh all about that's looked so fun to me I mean, storms here, I live by the ocean. So the storms here get pretty intense. We get a lot of wind, yeah. we get the waves crashing right up onto the path. And so I always love to like go out and watch the storm and think this is great. Okay, I'm gonna go home before an electrical wire comes down and ruins me because that happens lots in this neighborhood. And so mm -hmm. then I go home and of course the power's out and I get to cuddle up and you know, set some candles, read a book, eat storm snacks. So seeing that, I was like, I do that. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I loved that. And uh, then we also have uh, that uh, Felix is getting kind of like picked on a little bit. And uh, so, but he needs help. And so they kind of recruit Matt to help Felix with the hockey team. So we get kind of a little, like I said, a little bit of an arc there. And we also get Ryan uh, kind of standing up for Felix to his friends and saying, yeah, that's so cool. He does ballet. So I that mean, was fun. It was so fun. Every character was so full and fleshed out. Makes mm -hmm. me really hope that they decide to do a sequel so we can yeah. see more of them. Hopefully they were setting up for that. Yeah, this is one that I actually could see, I think, a sequel, because normally the Hallmark sequels aren't the best, um, but I feel like there's room here for uh, for more with these two and for 
the just the both hockey side of it and the ballet side of it. And I think that you could you could almost do sort of a spinoff where you have maybe uh, a a student and a player of theirs, you know, like so they're in it, but they're not like the main leads. I would love because that's the way that romance novels are. You know, you'll have uh, if people read like the Bridgerton novels, the first ones, Daphne and uh, the Duke, and then the next one, they're in it, but it's about the brother. And, and that and that's kind of how romance novels work. And it would be fun if Hallmark kind of embraced that a little bit more, uh, that you still have kind of your your main couple. It's They've done a little bit with the Evergreen movies, uh, but I'd like, I think that would be uh, fun uh, for them to embrace in more of these films. That'd be and, so fun. I mean, yeah. you know, like Gilmore Girls did a spinoff with Jess. Uh-huh. Um, and so to see something like that happen with Hallmark would be, you know, uh, interesting. There was also, so, I mean, like, hopefully we'll see them do the barn in the next Yeah, year. I can see that. Because as soon as the barn came up, I was like, oh, that would be such a pretty ballet studio. Mm-hmm. And they brought it up and then they never really did anything with it, with the barn. Yeah, they brought it up. So that's why I'm hoping they are maybe setting up for a sequel because they might be, you know, hoping to do a series of some sort. I mean, I would watch it definitely because I loved this. Yeah. And if you're listening, Hallmark Channel, Lila Fitzgerald, she's ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, uh, but now she's allowed, now Ryan can skate, I guess it's been a couple of weeks or whatever. And she says, don't push it too far. And she says, you are really good. You're a really good person. You inspire people. Not everyone can do that. So that was nice. You know, their relationship was so beautiful, you know, and seeing them fall for each other slowly, but really feeling the chemistry, they managed to do that so well. And just so many lines that were really beautiful and made you think, oh, hope someone says that to me someday. Right. And I liked the whole scene with them both sleeping on the couches. And he's like, do all your guests get this level of service? <laughs> That's they funny. They really did the slow burn so well. The one yeah. thing with that scene that really scared me was the amount of candles that they had. They did. It's true. Still burning. I was like, you're supposed to burn down. It was beautiful. <laughs> like, aesthetically, I loved it. But also, I get nervous having one candle on. So yeah. I was like, too much they took lessons from jack from one calls the heart and have a million candles everywhere (laughs) um so i they they're talking with matt and he's trying to should he be a coach he hasn't you know done hockey for a while and they say there are always a million reasons to say no but if you can find a reason to say yes good things happen so that was a nice nice little moment such a beautiful moment and a great philosophy to carry forward into life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so then she goes and sees him training. And so she's kind of cheering him on, which was cute. And she can tell that she's kind of sad that he's leaving. And, yeah. and uh, they, he, they're calling him back. The Rangers calling him back. And it was pretty cool that they actually got the actual teams to sponsor the, to be seen in the movie it wasn't just some generic hockey team like they usually have in hallmark movies 
yeah, they had the actual, you know, name Rangers and Wolfpack. And so that was cool. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is too, is that the idea that it, that it would be much of a barrier with him being in New York and she being in Connecticut is not a thing. Like literally most of Connecticut works in New York city. Exactly. <laughs> and I was kind of joking with Lisa about this. That it's kind of my, on Chesapeake shores that they, they make such a big deal about these commutes. But when you live over there in the East coast, uh, it's just not a big deal. Like people are just used to these long commutes and they do it all the time. And they, you can just tell the Chesapeake Shores is not written by people actually from the middle, <laughs> the mid Atlantic States, because I mean, we would, we would travel to upstate New York all the time. No problem. And <laughs> for like, to visit my cousins, like we were in Maryland and we would travel up to upstate New York for every holiday and every activity so that's so i don't know it just makes me laugh and they're like i don't know if you're in uh if you're in new york and i'm in connecticut like how can we make this relationship work i'm like (laughs) like literally every single person in connecticut does that (laughs) so that kind of makes me laugh you can tell sometimes that these movies are made by people in canada I didn't know that everyone did that commute. So writing a movie like that, I'd probably think it was far away. Yeah, that's right. It's not. Uh, There's all kinds of bullet trains and different things like that that make it pretty fast. And there's just a ton of people. I mean, because it's pretty expensive to live in New York City. So most people, most people that work in New York City live in, in Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Jersey, something like that. Anyway, that one made me laugh. But um, I the so then ryan he plays in the game he scores very exciting and she says i'm really gonna miss him she's feeling sad we are invested and uh and so then he introduces the team and he says you know can i can i leave can i leave early and and so he does and he takes the helicopter (laughs) to make it in time for the uh uh for the show and uh it was cute and uh, he does his little pirouette on the stage that was very cute that. Mm-hmm. good turn me too he actually did a good turn i was gonna ask how that was <laughs> yeah i wondered they didn't have that much of him doing dance and i kind of wondered if part of it was because he just wasn't that great or whatever so they're like okay it was fun to see what he did do you know he really actually did was getting the basics of ballet i'd say pretty good yeah when when he first starts and he can barely move the next day i'm assuming that is totally accurate oh that is so accurate i mean even (laughs) now all the dancers at coastal city ballet as soon as we come out of our stretch class because we do a very intense stretch routine Uh soon as we get out of it, we're all just groaning and moving. And the next day, we always joke that the first time you do it, the next day you won't be able to walk. And I couldn't. <laughs> and yeah. you know, most of these movies are shot in like three weeks, these Hallmark movies. So he did great for the amount of time he would have had to practice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so then they are decide that they're going to be together. He says, when I'm not playing hockey, I'll always come up. So I thought that was cool. I was proud of them for, for making a, 
a compromise uh, in their relationship and they say, I love you at the end, which Hallmark doesn't always do. They don't always, always end with the, I love you. And uh, so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I loved it. I thought the ending was so perfect mm-hmm. because of what you just said that he was saying, when I'm not playing hockey, I'll come up and see you. No, neither of them had to give anything up for the other yeah. one. They fully accepted each other. You know, she is a pro hockey player and she is running this ballet studio in Connecticut and they're still in love and they're still going to make it work. Yeah. Whereas like in Chesapeake Shores where they're trying to change Trace and I always <laughs> say, I'm like, Trace is a singer. He's going to go on tour. That's it. <laughs> what he does. That's who he is. <laughs> like, and I, I think in this case, they understood who both of each other are and what they wanted and they're going to make it work. And I have very high confidence in their relationship going forward. Me too. I thought they made a beautiful couple. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I really enjoyed the film. I thought it was very sweet. And I'm not saying that just because the character's named after me, <laughs> although that was definite, <laughs> definite plus in its, in its camp. <laughs> I I think it's going into my list of favorite Hallmark movies ever. Yes. All right. Uh, so if you were to give it between one and five crowns, what would you give it? Five crowns. Can I give like seven? <laughs> sure. Yeah, not very good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I give it like, I don't know. I give it 4.25 crowns. I really enjoyed it. It was very sweet. So let us know what you thought about it. Did you enjoy it as much as we did Uh, in the comment section or on Twitter? We'd love to hear your thoughts and we'll still do our winter winter fest recap. Uh, So look forward to that about all of the winter fest films or new year's new movies excuse me films uh but this was so much fun lila to catch up with you and talk about the movie with you i'm so glad things are going well for you i just i love watching your instagram and seeing all the incredible things you do and it's it's just amazing you're incredible young lady thank you so much i love having your support through you know even though we have never met in person we Still, I feel like I know you and I feel yeah. so grateful to have you supporting me. So thank yeah. you. So much fun. Uh, well, if people want to follow you and all that you do, uh, how can they do that? So my, all of my social medias are the same. It's Lila Fitzgerald on all platforms. Great. And we'll have that in the description section. So make sure to check that out. And you can follow me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes, post my best and worst movies of 2020 uh, over on my channel uh, this week. So make sure to check that out. And uh, including my best of holiday uh, was just last week. So check that out, please. I'd love it. And make sure you're following the podcast, The Homework is Pod and Homework is Podcast, all of our social media. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. We really, really, really need those. And we appreciate it so much. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. And, uh, and we also have our patron group, which we are having our next watch along where we are going to be watching a winter princess with actress, Natalie Hall, who's delightful. And so that's going to be really fun. We try to give as many perks for our patrons as possible. So please check that out. It's only $2 a month. 
to sponsor the podcast and help us out. We really appreciate that. All the information is in the description. We also have our merch store, which has tons of Hallmark inspired merch. So check that out. And thanks again, Lila. This was so much fun. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye everyone.